Welcome to The Lobbying Show, a podcast about the people in government relations, how they got into it, what their jobs entail, what works, and what doesn't. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Welcome back to another episode of The Lobbying Show. We're broadcasting from New York City. We bring you Dave Goldwhites. Dave is the co-founder of Glam Squad. They provide an online platform for hair and makeup services, and you should go check it out. It's a very interesting company. Dave's a very interesting guy, made the leap from Wall Street to founding a tech startup. He uh, found his work probably on Wall Street a little bit too far removed from the day-to-day lives of people working and entrepreneurs and had an interest in this and began following it and had a passion for helping entrepreneurs and people working uh, in this industry. So it's a very interesting story, and Dave uh, brings a great perspective to this company and how they have to interact in the various states and the challenges they have faced. Uh, Very successful company, operating in places like Massachusetts and Texas. And if they're not already operating your state, well, you may soon be hearing uh, from Dave and his team. But what a great story and a great guy. And without further ado, here's Dave. So Dave, nice to sit down with you uh, here at uh, Tusk Ventures. Thank you very much. Uh, Happy to be here. So I guess, why don't we just start Again, you've been working with Bradley Tusk for a number of years, and he's been advising you on government relations and other matters. And and uh, as people know, uh, Tusk has they have an investment arm, they have a government relations arm, they have many different divisions here. But before we jump into it, our, our audience is really interested in following all the tech startups, which Tusk seems to have a corner on the market uh, in a lot of ways. And so, why don't you just tell us about the company? Absolutely. So Glam Squad was founded in early 2013, launched in 2014 as a platform for booking independent beauty professionals, so hairstylists, makeup artists, and nail technicians, to provide services anytime, anywhere. And in those years since we launched, we've grown really nicely, over 2,000 professionals on the platform, we're in six major markets, and continuing to expand. And so... Prior to a company like Glam Squad, if I was someone who, if I cut hair for a living and I worked in a salon, and let's say I, and we should get into this a little bit, I rent a chair. The woman that cuts my hair rents the chair, uh, and she's an independent contractor, but she's in a salon. Prior to platforms like this, I couldn't, it was hard for me to find customers or arrange appointments, Correct. Absolutely. The whole salon industry is really an industry that hasn't really developed all that much over the last generation. And it has high fixed costs, rent, and hard to find customers, hard to really grow a business, either as an independent professional or in the W2 salon world, but a huge pool of professionals out in the market, anywhere from 700,000 to a million active cosmetologists in the United States. Really? In every big city and small town nationwide. 700,000 to a million? Do you get your haircut? <laughs> oh my God. Good point. Yeah. And that's not even, yeah. Okay. 
So, um, you know, really Glam Squad was formed with this idea of giving this creative class of, of independent beauty professionals the opportunity to grow their business and do what they're good at, which is interacting with a client, performing these services, and not have to do what they're not necessarily so good at, which is building a book of business, finding clients, marketing themselves. And so prior to you, this was going on, it just wasn't easy. Absolutely. And what okay. we found is that the skill set of a successful independent professional was a business development skill set. They were good at finding clients. There are many more talented professionals out there in the world who that's not their skill set. What their skill set is, is really delighting consumers. So we're going to a big event uh, this weekend and my wife wants to, uh, let's say she wants to get her hair blown out. She could go on uh, Glam Squad, again, if we're in New York City. And how would it work? What would she do? You can download our app. You can go to our website, um, fill out a little bit of basic information, and we'll have somebody come to you with as little as an hour's notice. Oh, really? Okay. So she could either schedule it for a certain day or time, or she could say, I need it as soon as possible. The payment's made uh, there on the platform. Absolutely. And then you forward the payment on to the, uh, the person doing the work. Wow. Really very interesting. And you have how many people are on the platform, you said 2,000? Uh, over 2,000 now, uh, active beauty professionals. We also have a, a line of hairstyling products that we sell direct to consumer. And um, we actually launched a line of beauty products and tools in CVS just last week. And we now have distribution in 6,000 stores nationwide. Wow. Tell us about that. A partnership with CVS. That's huge. Absolutely. So really the, the mission of Glam Squad was really to democratize the beauty industry, make it more accessible. So CVS came to us a couple years ago with this really exciting idea of building express beauty bars inside CVS locations. And uh, we are helping them do that under what we're calling GSQ by Glam Squad, a diffusion line. And we developed a uh, products to sell uh, into the mass channel. So you have your own products too? We have our own products, yes. Boy, that's a huge development. Now, CVS is a Rhode Island-based company. They just bought Aetna, a massive company. Boy, that must be one of the biggest things that's happened to you since the founding of the company. It was great, and it really affords us an opportunity for a very different level of scale and awareness, which is what's so exciting to work with with a partner like that. Wow, that's great. You've had to get involved in various states dealing with different state regulations when it comes to salons and all these issues. I mean, you've had some success. And I guess one of the issues is, uh, you know, off-site, on-site type of thing. Well, actually, let me take a step back. Have you had any government relations experience prior to you co-founding Glam Squad? Not only do I have no government relations experience, I had no beauty or technology experience before Glam Squad. So I really came in with a cold start, but I've I've made up uh, over the years. And government relations has actually been a core responsibility of mine for the past three or four years now. Okay. And so what has it been like to interact with the different state uh, regulators? You know, I think they're doing the best that they can, I would say. They are oftentimes, you know, at the board level enforcing rules that they didn't write and rules that were written a generation ago and really didn't anticipate the way that the economy has developed. They didn't anticipate mobile technology. They didn't anticipate uh, platforms. So, you know, we try to work with them. You know, what we always say is we just want to know what the rules are and how they're going to be enforced, and we'll make sure that our business model is in line or try and work proactively with legislators to change things if, if we can make a compelling case there. Where we and others in our space, I think, have had issues is 
inconsistent enforcement and unclear regulations. And that's that's really our goal is to clean those things up. And so you're not looking to change what a state may have as far as what requirements they may have in place for someone to be allowed to do any of these services. You're more looking to basically where uh, they're provided and how it's arranged. Absolutely. So uh, Glam Squad professionals are by and large licensed cosmetologists. They go through a state education and licensing process that can be up to 2,000 hours, which is a a full-time year of training. It's very expensive. It's a big investment for a lot of these professionals. And we really just want to be able to support them to be able to uh, apply their trade anytime and anywhere uh, without having to necessarily be an employee of a salon or work under other restrictions. And two states where it's been very clear that where you can work and how you work is Massachusetts and Texas, two very different states, one small northeast, one large uh, down in the south. What was it like uh, making changes there or in those states or I would say it's really just about creating awareness around this. You know, it's very interesting that uh, these services are done outside the home in every state every day. Think about it, any wedding. You know, the bride is getting her hair and makeup done at a hotel or at an offsite location. In many states, that is technically not allowed. I don't think anybody intended that to be the case. I don't think anybody's particularly aware. It's and I don't think that. anybody's enforcing it. And nobody is enforcing nobody's it. Nobody's going into a bride on her wedding day and saying, No, uh, not at all. Me. And they're not Here, pulling anybody's license for, for doing that work. Right. So we had a choice at Glam Squad. We could say, hey, everybody does this. The, the rules say you're not supposed to in some cases, but we're just going to do it anyway. Or we could proactively talk to legislators and say, let's align the rules with the common practice. And we also believe that by bringing a lot of this work into a platform world, it means more transparency into the wages, more tax reporting, mm-hmm. less wage theft, you know, Greater security for the client, greater security for the professional. And Ta- that's taxes are paid. Taxes are paid. Yeah. Taxes are paid. It's very and, clear what's you know, a cash business between an, an independent professional and a client, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen there. So yeah. you know, we feel like we're helping the overall industry in that way. Yes. And so what has been your experience, both good or bad, or you've worked with state lobbyists in a few states? What have they been helpful? What have you seen that they've done that has been great or or not? Or, you know, what's been your experience? Sure. It's been overwhelmingly positive. And really, our approach has been less to get the Glam Squad story out there and mm-hmm. more to get the independent beauty professional story. That's the compelling story. Because they don't really care what you think. But they, the they don't care about us. They don't care about a venture back tech right. startup based in New York, but they right. certainly care about. The 700,000. The 700,000 professionals, you know, on our platform, largely women, largely women of color with families, trying to balance the demands of family with the need for an income and, you know, what they love to do. Well, you just mentioned something that lobbyists and government relations uh, people know and that, that you really have to have the constituents engaged in the process because the legislators... You know, even if they know you and trust you and engage with you on a regular basis, they want to hear from the people that are being impacted by it directly. And so I think that's um, that's uh, good advice and good experience. That you we, we've heard more often than not, the legislators have heard about our issue, not from us, but from their own salon professionals, you know, who say, hey, the way things are working doesn't work for me. And they listen. You know, that interplay between a stylist and a client is 
it's an interesting conversation. You know, it's a bit of a, we call it chair therapy. You know, you really open up and talk. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're a state legislator, you're talking to your stylist pretty regularly. So we just try and help get that, that message out there into the world. Right. And in the Uber-Lyft debate, they were battling an incumbent, powerful uh, taxi industry that were fighting them tooth and nail. Do you have a uh, a foe like that uh, in this battle? <laughs> no foes. You know, we, th- we think we're working uh, yeah. pretty closely with a range of different players in the space, whether that's independent professionals who are unaffiliated with Glam Squad to salons, which, as we you know have discussed, are largely chair renters, independent contractors anyway. We've worked with beauty schools, trying to tell them that platforms like Glam Squad are a great way for recent graduates to get out into the world yep. and, and do work. So, yeah. And I'm not sure it's really, maybe I don't understand or naive, it's going to impact the salons because, you know, I go to a place to get my hair cut and, you know, if she could come to my house, I mean, I don't really need or want that. I'm still going to go to the salon. And so it's maybe not going to change a lot of that. It's just going to make the work that's going on currently much more efficient and easy to make that transaction happen. We see it as part of a larger trend of professionalizing these personal services. You know, we don't think that we're replacing salon experiences. We think we're expanding on salon experiences in times and use cases where a salon doesn't work for a client. Yeah, I think that's true. So let's talk a little bit about you and your career. You made the jump from Wall Street to being a, uh, a founder, co-founder of a uh, tech startup, which a very successful tech startup as we sit here today. And I'm sure there are many uh, people on Wall Street who are envious. Tell us about the work you did on Wall Street and how you made the jump. Sure. I was in the real estate space, first in property development, and then at a hedge fund uh, trading mortgage securities. I was doing that through the financial downturn. It wasn't the most fun place to be during that period. Uh, At the same time, I was investing on the side in fashion and beauty startups. Uh, One of them was Glam Squad. One of my oldest friends, who is the the chairman of our board and my co-founder at Glam Squad, came to me and asked me to be an angel investor. The business was two weeks old and had a business plan on the back of a napkin. Really? And in a matter of a couple of weeks, I went from agreeing to help out with the business to dropping everything and doing Glam Squad full time. And, you know, to begin with, I saw a great consumer opportunity. It was really when, um, you know, all of these platform businesses were just starting to scale. And we said beauty is a huge industry and $150 billion U.S. industry. And nobody was really putting any investment capital or any innovation into it. The reason that I'm still so passionate about this business is because of the opportunity that it affords the professionals on the platform. And, you know, I spend a lot of my time thinking about issues of the future of work. And we love beauty because, Beauty services are not going to be offshore. They're not going to be automated. They do not require an expensive four-year college degree, and yet it can be really rewarding work with good pay, particularly with a platform like Glam Squad supporting the professionals. So why or how did you develop an interest in beauty products? Beauty products? It was an— it was or the a, beauty industry. The whatever. beauty industry— it really came from my interaction with Glam Squad and really deep okay. diving into this business model, really understanding what was happening in the space, in the salon world. When we launched, a brand called Drybar was just starting to scale. And what it was doing was changing the use case of younger women for beauty services. It used to be that you 
would go to the salon to get your hair cut and colored, and that was about it. But I think we all remember our, you know, our grandmothers went to the salon every week to get their hair set. That behavior had really died down in the 70s and 80s, and it was starting to come back through these other single-service blow-dry bars, which are now in every city. And we said, this is a great business, but they haven't actually changed the financial structure of the industry. They're still paying rent. They're still paying electric bills and all of these different things. Could we actually operate this business more efficiently by taking the fixed salon out? The professionals can earn more. Glam Squad can get paid. We can create a lot more efficiency in the space and not, you know, without the rent. So are curlers ever coming back? <laughs> I don't know if curlers are coming back. <laughs> what, but whatever happened to curlers? Curlers, uh, we, we've moved on from curlers. We're no more into, curlers. But more and more women are, are getting their hair done outside of the salon just because makes them look good, makes them feel good, yep, allows yep, them to sort yep. of take on their life. So can we ask uh, how much you invested two weeks in? <laughs> Not very much. Uh, we've raised quite a bit more. We've raised about $50 million to date. So. $50 million. Yeah. And how, how much did you give that first two weeks in? Uh, that was 50,000. So, 50,000. Well, uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty significant. Two yeah. weeks into a startup. Yeah. You must've had a lot of faith in your friend. Um, a lot of our other friends, uh, came in as well and they've, you know, we're looking forward to rewarding them for their faith in a business that well, didn't exist at the time. Uh, so. The first 50,000 into a uh, company that's raised 50 million is pretty good. And now how did a kid from Harvard who majored in history end up on wall street? I was really in I was in property development. My family had been doing property development in, uh-huh. in Boston. So I went into development in, in New York and then went back to business school. Coming out of business school, decided to go into the, the hedge fund space. It's where where all the excitement was in 2006. Yep. And then, as we all remember, the world turned upside down pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, but really for me, in the finance world, your ultimate product is money. And- for me, it was hard to get too excited about that being the product. At Glam Squad, our product is hairstyling, it's confidence. And you have 2,000 people that are and yeah, and we have making people, their lives better. Exactly. So yeah. we're, we're supporting uh, workers, we're creating joy for our clients. Yeah. It's just, for me, and it's, it, it's working out. And if you're doing it at a hedge fund, it's just so many parts removed, it's just so hard to see, if not impossible to see. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so what your major was history? My major was history. Did it have a focus? I studied uh, 19th century U.S. industrial history. Wow. Okay. And where'd you grow up? I grew up in Boston. Okay. And what's your, I see you have a tattoo. What's the tattoo on your forearm? Uh, These are some batteries. Batteries. Look at that. um, Tell us about that. I actually got this. A friend of mine is an artist by the name of Ryan McGinnis, and he had a party that had a tattoo uh, artist there. So I got some batteries. Um, my wife likes to say I'm either fully charged or out of juice, so it's one or the other. So. <laughs> Is that why you got the batteries? Exactly. Oh, that's great. Uh, that sounds like a great party. It was a good party. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, this has been great. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to ask you. Is there anything else about Glam Squad that we uh, haven't covered that you'd like to say? I think we've covered Glam Squad. I will put a shout out to Tusk. They've been an outstanding yes. partner for uh, us for, for a number of years really helping us navigate a complex regulatory environment, mm-hmm. but with a very different understanding of what it means to be an early stage venture-backed startup. They speak our language, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been outstanding partners tactically, but strategically as well. And 
you don't always find partners like that, you know, in the yep. in the consultancy world. So, you know, we feel we feel lucky to have been working with them. Well, he's you know, they're very selective about who they work with. And I would encourage anyone, as most people know, we had Bradley on, as I mentioned earlier, uh, on the show a year ago. They, they should go read his bio. I mean, some of the jobs that he's had uh, and go back and listen to the old episode is really a tutorial on my business, our business, uh, lobbying, government relations. Yeah. And they're just, they're top notch. And I would assume that they're helping you find lobbyists in various states. Absolutely. So to all the lobbyists out there at state capitals, uh, you really need to get to know the Tusk people because that's the only way you're probably going to get a guy like Dave to hire you. (laughs) Dave's probably like, I have no idea who these people are. Bradley tells me. I trust their recommendations. Yeah. Well, it's been great to meet you. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, there you have it. A tech startup, another tech startup coming to you again from New York City. Dave, thanks for sitting down with us. We really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed hearing about your career and, and Glam Squad. Would encourage people to go check it out. And uh, well, who knows? If Dave uh, is branching out in your state, you may hear from him. So if you haven't already, we would ask you to go on and rate our show. Uh, you just go down and click one of the stars, how you feel about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Lobbying Show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can sign up for the Monday morning email, Coffee with the Lobbying Show. You can do that at our website, lobbyingshow.com. So we hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next Monday. Next Monday.